thankful that uh, <clears throat> we're all here together and celebrating this day. I like having uh, Greg come and share with you about the quiet time this week for obvious reasons. Um, as you know, he's done a lot with demolition and fireworks and things in the past, although he did not show me what he was going to pull out of that bag beforehand. So I, I wasn't nervous until he started pushing it down again, because you know, you've seen that. So I thought, is that attached? It's not attached to anything, but still your mind's like, that doesn't seem right, okay? Uh, so, but thanks, Greg, for doing that. And um, I'm glad that, uh, again, we're here together celebrating uh, our country, but today we get to celebrate some other things. Uh, We are starting a new series uh, on this spiritual war. We're just calling it The War, okay? Uh, Now, the graphic may seem drastic, uh, but when we put that together, we're really kind of thinking of the things that go on, the things that we don't see, the uh, the things that um, you might think of when you see uh, a movie about angels or demons, and while they don't always depict those things correctly, uh, there are these real things going on that, are in, is, that is in the spiritual realm that we have to think about, right? Now, God doesn't just, uh, he gives us salvation, but he doesn't just kind of leave us out in the midst of everything to, to not be able to handle some of these situations, and furthermore, to give us protection and tools uh, to go through it. And so we're based on this series off of the book of Ephesians, specifically in chapter 6. Um, there's this list of the armor of God. Um, that God gives to us. So he not only gives us salvation, but he's going to give us these specific pieces of his armor to help remind us daily. And I would encourage you um, to think about this daily. Now, it may seem silly to you, but I was reminded as a kid growing up, um, you know, in Sunday school, in whatever class, they'd always put like that plastic armor set and like different people would get to wear it. You always want to be the kid, got, got to wear the armor. And they would talk about the different spiritual armor, the different pieces. And when you would see that, you would see something that would look kind of like an ancient, you know, medieval, maybe Roman uh, time period uh, armor, right? So it was big, it had the big, you know, brush on the top, and it just kind of looked ridiculous. Well, today I'm going to give you just some examples, and I hope to, as we walk through this series on the armor of God, give you some visuals that might kind of help you understand how we apply it to today, okay? So don't worry about the stuff under there. I'll show you. No, I'm not going to break anything. Somebody already asked me that. You'll have to look to a previous message to know what that's about. So uh, no smashing today, just some examples for you. And so today we'll be in not only the uh, book of Ephesians chapter 6, really just verse 17. Uh, we'll also be in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 6 through 16. So that should be uh, up there. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles. I would just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is where we'll stick most of our time today. <clears throat> and today we'll be looking at the, the mind, um, and specifically this helmet of salvation. Now, um, I'm going to kind of do things a little bit out of order in regards to the, to the armor of God throughout the summer. Um, so just stay with me. The way that I learned it was just from the top to the bottom. So uh, just kind of easy to remember that way. So we'll start with the helmet of salvation. And the phrase I want you to remember is, blow your mind. Now, you, when you hear that, probably a lot of us think of like things that like when we heard for the first time or like we started going to school for what we now do for a living, it just sort of blew our mind. Like it was more than what we could handle at first, right? It was like amazing or great. Now, God does that with us a lot of the time. But what I want to kind of do for us as we walk through this is, is change the meaning a little bit. So um, to, to blow your mind or to have your mind blown in this regard, and we're talking about it in the text, would, would be a bad thing. So um, we only get one mind, right? We only get one brain, yeah? Everybody's got one brain, okay? Uh, and interestingly enough, it's one of the only organs you can't transplant, 
right? You can't transplant your brain, so it's important. Your mind is important, and God knows that. And so Paul was given this specific set of armor to talk to us about so that we would know how do we navigate this spiritual battle? How do we navigate these things? And more often than not, as we walk through this, we're going to see that the tools that the armor that God gives us is is tools and armor that will help us say, God, um, we need your help. Daily as we would put this on, and I do, and I would encourage you to, as you pray on the armor of God, it's really just a submission to who God is. It's really just going, God, man, I cannot do this on my own today. I really need your help. Would you help me? And so in this first area, the area of our minds, I want to remind us that our mind's important, right? And so we want to take care of it. Uh, we try to do that with all the things that we do throughout life. Maybe that's just exercise or reading or uh, maybe some, some uh, mad libs or things that you kind of do to keep yourself sharp throughout your time. Uh, but we want to keep ourselves sharp in regard to God and His Word and where He points us. So I want to just kind of reveal these over time, okay? So I'm not going to show you all of them, uh, but there's a series of helmets, under here. So this first one, you may recognize it. It's actually mine. It's a motorcycle helmet. Um, so one of the things that I do uh, when I get ready to, to go out and ride my motorcycle is uh, I put my helmet on. Now, I do that because we only have one mind, right? We only have one brain. So it's important you tell your kids, like when they get on the bicycle, now wear your helmet, right? Mom's always going, now wear your helmet. Like, and when I was a kid, like my mom and dad, I don't know if they're listening, so <laughs> my mom and dad were... Uh, well, I wouldn't say overprotective, but uh, they liked us to wear a little bit extra gear. So we'd have like the elbow pads and like the knee pads and like, you know, like they even had like these things for like your hands and wrists. So if like you fell, like it would like scrape up that instead of your hands. Uh, so I felt embarrassed, honestly, <laughs> part of the time. But so we would wear these. But when you do something like that, right, you, you usually want to be protected. If you get on a bicycle, a skateboard, uh, if you're getting on a motorcycle, you want to put on a helmet. And so... Instead of us going like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal. Like, I've been saved. I'm going to go about life and do my own thing each day. And if I encounter trouble, if I encounter opposition, or if I encounter temptation, or the possibility that my mind might begin to be corrupted, I mean, by ideas in the world, the wisdom of the world, we'll talk about that. What is the wisdom of God? What is the wisdom of the world? And how does God give us this helmet of salvation to protect us, right? That's why we do it. That's why we put on any earthly helmet. So, that's one of the helmets, the helmets you wear when you're riding a motorcycle. And so as we jump into 1 Corinthians, um, you know, it's a different book. So we came from Psalms, and now we're in the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, we know that Paul wrote this, and he wrote it to the church in Corinth. Uh, if you, if you kind of don't know how the church in Corinth started, we actually just read it in the quiet time. It was in Acts chapter 18. Um, you see that Paul shows up on the scene. Um, the church has started. There's some people there who are of the same trade as Paul, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, and they, they're tent makers. And so they, they're tent making while they're sharing the gospel, and he's going to the synagogue and talking to the Jewish people. He's also talking to the Gentiles. And Corinth was this place that it was about as diverse as you could possibly get. So this was a trade route. There are probably like over 500,000 people that lived in this area. So ships would be coming through on the water. Uh, there was this road because it was a part of the Roman Empire that would come through a major trade route. So there were a lot of things kind of coming in and out 
And it was also a very secular city. So there wasn't a lot of Jewish influence, very large Gentile base. So there were a lot of temples to gods, various gods, all kinds of gods. And so as Paul writes back to this, this little baby Christian church, there's not a lot of like elders in the church, which is not a good thing, by the way. Um, you want to have a good mix of people because what do your elders do? Those people who are, who are there kind of helping, guiding, who have been following Jesus longer, they kind of give direction and wisdom and guidance. And he keeps writing back to this church that just keeps, keeps kind of getting things wrong, doesn't really know where they're supposed to go. And, and Paul's going to talk to this church, and he's going to say some things about wisdom. And he's going to say, hey, we need to be able to, to, to understand the things that God gives us and to hang on to that and protect it and not be corrupted around by the world that's around us. And so the first fill in the blank is just going to be God-given wisdom. So God-given wisdom. And in verse 6, that's where we're starting in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. We see that it says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So there's a lot of things we can learn in this life, right? A lot of things that are good. Probably most of us have a job where um, we have a trade or a skill or we serve in a civil service or we did or we're a teacher or we care, care for the elderly. So, so whatever it is, whatever you do, um, you were given those skills by learning them, by acquiring them. And there's a lot of things that are in the world that we can do. And so Paul's going to remind the Corinthian believers that there's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of things you can learn, but there's a difference here. Because he says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom among the mature. So who can receive it? Well, the mature in Christ. And he says, although it's not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, so what's going to happen with everything? I mean, everything in this world, everything that we, that we learn that's just in the world, that's of it, general information, knowledge, not necessarily things we need to follow Jesus, but there's things that we do. We need to function in this world. Well, those things are going to pass away, and so Paul kind of turns the ship really quickly. And I love that Paul also writes the book of Ephesians, and as he writes to the Ephesian church, um, he, he gives them this armor. And so, again, in Ephesians six seventeen, it says, "...and take up the helmet of salvation." So there's a reason he's doing this, because just like in Corinth, just like in our society, just like in Ephesus, which he was writing to then, there's all these other influences, right? There's all these other things going on. Now, he, di- he didn't say, don't, don't ever leave your house, like, don't go outside, don't talk to anybody that's not a believer. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, be prepared for the day. Receive the wisdom given to you by God, not the wisdom of the world, and put on this helmet, this helmet of salvation. As you go about life, as you turn on the news, the TV, as you, as you go and you talk to somebody else who may not believe the same things that you do, you're able to go, I understand where you're coming from, and here's what I believe, and here's what I know is the truth. And so um, this is one of the reasons that Paul does this. And Paul's going to reference Isaiah kind of throughout what he talks about in 1 Corinthians and so if you're making notes to write anything, just write down Isaiah 59, 16 and 17. I'll read that for us. It says, He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. Now, Paul's going to reference uh, several of these passages on Isaiah where, uh, where God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and he's talking about God and the armor that God possesses and the armor that he will possess when he comes back to judge 
the world. And so he says here, uh, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. This armor that we're going to talk about throughout this series is actually God's armor. And he gives it to us to protect us. So, so how are we protected from Satan, uh, from, from demons, from spiritual forces, things that are going on around us, from the culture, uh, from the world that pushes a lot of ideas on us on a regular basis? God goes, here you go. Here's my armor. And it kind of reminded me of, you know, when David's about to go fight Goliath and he, he goes and, you know, all the men are like, there's no way this is going to work. Saul, who's the king at the time, doubts him greatly. And he says, okay, well, here's what I can do for you. I'm going to give you my armor. Well, what happened? It didn't fit, right? And so David says, you know what? I don't need any of this stuff. I'm going to be able to take on Goliath. And for us, God gives us this armor. And the, the interesting thing is that it fits everyone perfectly because it's the spiritual armor. And so as we pray this on, it fits all of our situations. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5 eight, it says this, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So as we talk about this helmet, as Paul talks about the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God that he imparts to us that we, that we need to protect, that we need to be reminded of each day, hey, I've got to put on that helmet of salvation we see in First Thessalonians that, uh, that we belong to God and that this helmet of salvation, it's not just for protection from, from the rest of the world and the things that are going to bombard us. It, it's about this hope that we have. So this helmet of salvation that's a hope, that's a reminder. And as we walk through the day, we're not only going, okay, I know what I believe. I'm solid in the truth, in the word, what God has already taught me. And I'm not going to be led astray, but I'm also going to be reminded that I have hope, Right? And so as Paul talks about this in various different places, this armor of God, it provides us a lot of things. And this hope and salvation is extremely important. And in verse 7, we see there's the, the secret wisdom that God gives to us. He imparted before the ages. Now, it always is interesting to me as we read these things, we just sort of go, yeah, that's great. God gives us wisdom. But where did this come from? It comes directly from God. He gives it to us. And then we just sort of go, oh, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I can believe this, and I can believe that, and what really matters. Why would, we, why would we give over the wisdom that God gives to us? Why would we mix it with other things and go, I kind of like this about God, like he's a loving God. He's really nice. Like, you know, when I, when I think about him, little baby Jesus in the manger, like that's a nice picture of Jesus. I just want to keep him like that. But then when it comes to judgment and when it comes to anything else, like I'm going to leave that out of there. And that doesn't work, right? So where does this wisdom come from? Well, it says in verse 7, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Um, so where does this come from? Well, God decreed it beforehand. And there was a church father by the name of Chrysostom who said this because God loves us. He said, Paul is keen to point out that God always loved us, even from the very beginning when we did not yet exist. So this knowledge, as God was thinking about us who would come after the creation of the world, we would be born, we would live this life, we would put our faith and trust in God, hopefully. He gives us this wisdom, he gives us this knowledge, and he had it from the very beginning. So this knowledge is not something that, like he was like, okay, like they can't, here's what they can handle. I'm just going to give them this like little baby knowledge. No, he says this knowledge that was with God from the very beginning is given directly to us because God loved us. He wanted us to know him personally. And so this is why this is so important, right? Because it's not just about like, oh, I need to put on my armor, right? I need to put on that armor every day. I just need to do it, you know, uh, because the pastor said we should know. 
when Paul's talking about this, it's significant because through the salvation that we have, God imparts this wisdom to us, and we need to be reminded that it's important to hold on to, right? It's important not to go, it's not that big of a deal. It is. And so we have to go, God, help me, remind me to put on this helmet of salvation. Now, to be clear, I'm going to reference another passage, but what we believe is that we receive Jesus Christ, that we are given the Holy Spirit into our lives, and that's not something that changes, right? So this putting on of the helmet of salvation is a daily reminder that we need God's help. It's not saying, God, save me again today. All right, we don't believe that. You can lose your salvation. We believe that you put your faith and trust in Jesus one time and one time only, and then you serve him with your life, okay? And so uh, in, first, in James chapter 1, there's another passage I want to read for you. I'm just verse 5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So a lot of times we wonder, like, God, where's your wisdom when we need it? Like, we need to make tough decisions. We need to make tough choices. God, I'm praying on that spiritual armor that you give to me. I want to protect my mind. I want to, I want to secure that. I don't want to allow any of the world, the world's thoughts to corrupt that. But yet when I need it, when I need more wisdom, when I need direction, where does it come from? Well, James says, he's a really practical guy. Uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, he, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. So we need to go to him and ask him. A lot of times we just think like God doesn't care. Or he doesn't have the answer to this question. It's too complicated. Is there anything too complicated for God? Well, no, he, he has the answer to every question. He has the wisdom that was there before from the very beginning. And in verse 8, we see that there's a, a lack of spirit wisdom that creates um, ignorance spiritually. So in verse 8, it says, none of the rulers of this age understand this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you ever think about that? When Paul talks about this in the wisdom that we have and the salvation that we have and this reminder of the helmet of salvation, that as we put that on, we go, God, I need help every day to do that. I need your wisdom. Would you give that to me? I can't do this on my own. And Paul says, hey, look, if people understood this, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. In fact, um, when you go back to the account of Jesus being drugged before the Roman officials and Pilate who's standing there, he's going, he keeps going, I, I can't find anything wrong with this guy. Like, why do you people want to kill him? And they're just like, just kill him, just kill him, right? And so he, it comes to the point where Pilate goes, okay, like, um, here's two guys, and um, this one's like a really, really bad dude, and Jesus, I don't think he did anything. So pick one to release, because that was the tradition at the time. So during a festival, you could do that. And so he says, here you go, make a choice. And then they, they pick the, the other guy instead of Jesus, right? So they say, we're going to release him, this terrible, terrible guy, instead of the God of the universe. And Jesus is standing there, and Pilate's like, look, I'm going to wash my hands of this. So I think there may be somebody who got it that day, right? <laughs> and this leading official goes, okay, you guys, you do what you want. But what does it say about the rest of the world that they don't understand, right? It says, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they did, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And so what are we supposed to be like? We're not supposed to be like the rest of the world or the rulers of this age who kind of judge things um, in the way they see the rest of the world. They don't do this with um, the wisdom given by God, protected by the helmet of salvation. It says in Romans 12, 1 through 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
So what is God doing? What is he wanting us to do? Well, to seek him continually for this renewal of our minds. As we walk out into the world, we need to be reminded that there's a lot of heavy influences on us, right? And it doesn't matter really where you go. You see it everywhere, whether it be a billboard or the news or maybe even the place that you work, which, by the way, God has placed you. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be other ideas or thoughts or things that people talk to you about. We're supposed to be the ones that understand spiritual things, to discern spiritual things, to impart that to other people. And I've loved in the last, really the last couple of years, as I know we've had several members um, go through really some great difficulty, not just COVID, but also um, through cancer and just kind of having conversations where people look at you when you're struggling with something really difficult and they go like, I don't know how you're surviving. Like, this is terrible. And you go, well, I, I've got the Lord, and, he, and that is all that I need. And so to have that kind of wisdom, that kind of maturity, that kind of spiritual discernment is something that when the rest of the world looks at it, they just go, I don't understand, right? And Paul's going to uh, point to this. In verse 9, it says, there's this wisdom that reveals a greater reality, really this reality that is to come in heaven, coming to us, and either Jesus coming back and restoring everything, or, or us um, dying and going to be with him. Uh, I love the way that um, my oldest says it, Alana, when we talk about it. There were, this morning we were talking, there were some toys that had fallen behind our youngest, Hannah's uh, crib, her bed. And she kept looking back there, and she goes, Dad, we really need to get those out of there. We really don't want to wait until Jesus comes back. Right? <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, we, we, we should take care of that now, right? Uh, or until we're with him. She also uses that phrase, until he comes back or until we're with him, because we've had that conversation, too, of, if you die before Jesus comes back, then you are with him in heaven. If he comes back, and that's good news too, because he's going he's gonna to bring us all together, all the saints together and rescue us at one time. Uh, and so we have those kind of conversations. Um, but, but even at that age, right? I mean, we, we can understand the wisdom of God. We can discern the things of God spiritually because she's put her faith and trust in Jesus. And so I love that. It says in verse 9, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And, and this is great because Paul's quoting Isaiah again, Isaiah 64, 4. And these things that he's saying, he's quoting from Isaiah, they're being fulfilled. So Isaiah 64, 4 says, From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who await for him. So Isaiah is writing about this future event that's going to take place. Nobody's going to know him personally. Nobody's going to understand him except for those who hear who God has prepared for those who love him is what Paul says in verse 9. And in Isaiah, no, I have seen God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. So for us, this is being fulfilled. Paul's, he's telling us all these things because if you didn't know, Paul had a background in Judaism. He was a Pharisee, so he knew all, all of the, the passages in the Old Testament and the things that he could use to say, hey, remember what this guy said. Uh, it's important because today it's being fulfilled. He brought up all these passages. So in this armor, as we think about that, we need to remember it's given to us, it's imparted to us, and we're living in the specific time where God gives that to us. And then in verse 10, there's this wisdom of the Spirit, which helps us understand the depths of God. This is really cool. So it says in verse 10, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So what's being revealed to us? Well, what God has done, what he's doing currently, what he's already going to do, it says uh, these things God has revealed. 
So this word here for revealed is apocalypto in the uh, Greek, same word for the book of Revelation, apocalypsis, the same uh, root word. It just means to lay open what has been covered, to uncover what has been covered. So uh, God reveals these things to us, and He does it through salvation. So we put our faith and trust in Jesus. He gives us the Spirit. We'll talk more about that because we have this God-given wisdom, and that actually leads us right into the next point, which is this God-given Spirit. So we have wisdom. It's imparted to us as we think about the salvation that He gives us in this helmet that as we, we get up every morning, we just go, God, I I need your help. I need your help every day. Would you protect my mind from the destructive reality of the world that I live in? And how do we do this? Well, we do it through the wisdom that God gives, but, but through this Spirit that He gives as well, through the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse 11 that there's this special like Spirit comprehension that we have. It says in verse 11, For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So how do we understand God? Well, uh, we do this through the Spirit which He gives us. So when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, um, and Jesus talked about it all throughout His ministry, His disciples kept saying, no, we don't want you to go anywhere. No, we don't want you to die. No, we don't want you to do this. And He goes, no, trust me, you want me to go because there's going to be this helper that's going to come, the Holy Spirit who will dwell inside of you, who will help you understand, give you this spirit comprehension. So we have this God-given Spirit. And so I want to show you one other helmet. Uh, it's actually, it's not my helmet, but it's um, one that I use too. So that's a motorcycle helmet. This is a, a firefighter's helmet. So this is um, not mine, of course, because it has to stay over at the station. So I volunteer with the Elba Fire Department. And our chief was gracious enough to let me borrow another one. So we, of course, have extras available uh, for anybody who needs one in case something happens to it. And so uh, one of the things I think about when, you know, I think about like this helmet of salvation, I think about, yeah, we, we do regular things, right? We put on this helmet of uh, we need for a motorcycle, right? We put on a helmet to do other jobs. So uh, maybe you're in construction. You have a hard hat helmet. Um, we go and we do these jobs. I kind of wondered, like, what's the deal with the firefighter's helmet? Like, why do we need to wear that? Well, when you go in places that are on fire, sometimes things fall down on you, right? And so you want to have a helmet like that and kind of catch things. Um, we, so we use this on roadways when there's accidents, stuff like that, uh, to protect us, right? You don't want to be out there in a dangerous situation and then go, I don't have what I need. And so we need to be reminded God gives us this helmet of salvation for a reason, but he wants us to be continually learning. And so what I didn't know when I, I got into the fire service, I was like, I know that God wants me to do this and um, you know, I'll do whatever I need to do. And so I started taking classes and I was like, I, I didn't realize how like, little I knew about, <laughs> about the fire service. So I thought it was just like you get in your car and you, especially for like you know, a small town, so volunteer firefighters, nobody's at the station, right? Nobody's sleeping there going when the alarm goes off, uh, everybody <laughs> in the fire truck. No, it's, it's, you're at your house probably in the middle of the night or whenever uh, something happens and they page your phone or your page or whatever it is. And you get in your car and you go down to the station and everybody gets ready. And I thought like, that's as much as I need to know. That's all I need to know. Well, it wasn't. And so I've spent over the last several months, uh, probably about 100 hours um, worth of uh, learning. So continual learning. And what they told me when I, when I started was, you always need to be in this, uh, in this attitude of being a continual learner, learning new things. Um, you're going to show up to something, you'll learn something knew that you didn't know, and maybe you will have been a volunteer for like five or ten years, and you'd be like, wow, I didn't know that. And so in the same way, 
God wants to remind us through what Paul's telling that we have this helmet of salvation, not just to go, God, I need your protection. Well, I, I need to be reminded too that I don't know everything, right? And sometimes as believers, it's hard for us, right? Because sometimes we think we do, or we just think when we become a believer, uh, we're good, right? God, I don't need anything else. Like you saved me. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. And um, I was talking with uh, one of my buddies uh, from the Dallas area. We served alongside each other doing ministry, and we did student ministry for about 10 years. And, and there's all these young people that you invest in, right? And so you, you hear things about them, some good, some bad. And when you hear some of those bad things, you just go, oh, man, like, what's going on? But I'm constantly reminded that everybody's at this different phase of learning, right? Different phase of spirituality. And so we're all going to stumble and fall in different ways. But if we're not learning, right? If we're not putting on that helmet of salvation and going, it's not just like a motorcycle helmet, right? It's not just like a firefighter's helmet. It's better than that because it reminds me that I need to be continually learning about God. How do we do this? Well, we do it through the Spirit. In verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So we have this Spirit of God versus the Spirit of the world. There's the things in the world, and then there's the things of God which He gives to us. And this word here for the world, in the Greek, it's the word cosmos, and it just means the universe and everything in it. Um, that's uh, basically that's, that's material or outside of God that we can see with our eyes, that we can taste, that we can touch and go, this is real. This is part of the physical, the material world. What can I learn about that? And, and, and God is telling us here that there's this spirit who is from God, his own spirit, the Holy Spirit, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. So they're freely given. Why? Well, we see this in other places. We just read that in James uh, where he says, hey, just just ask. Like, God gives it freely without reproach. So if you need wisdom, if you need to grow in knowledge, just ask for it. Just go to the Word and seek it out. Go to somebody else who's been following Jesus longer and say, how can I do this better? I need some help here. And so instead of just sitting there going, I've got Jesus, I'm good. Like, I'll see Him in heaven. We get there. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to learn anything else. I mean, why go about life like that? Why not go, God, I want to continually learn more about you until I see you face-to-face. Wouldn't that be the better alternative, right? So it's better than a motorcycle helmet, better than a firefighter's helmet for sure. And um, as, I, as I was reading through this, I just kept thinking about like this battle that we face. And sometimes it's hard to put it in perspective, right? Sometimes it's hard to go like, was that spiritual warfare or was it not? Like I was going to church this morning and I ran over a nail and I got a flat. That demon didn't want me in church. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was probably the, the, you know, the case that Satan does not want you there. Demons, the people who are uh, working against God in the spiritual realm. But yet sometimes we attribute things that may not always be of a spiritual nature, right? And so we want to be wise and discerning about that. And I think that there are people who have lived before us who have written some things about it. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote this book uh, entitled The Screwtape Letters. Uh, now, it's not for the faint of heart. It, uh, C.S. Lewis writes this work about the interaction between spiritual forces, specifically demons and, and Satan and human beings. And so there's a couple individuals that he writes. He just makes up names for them. Uh, one is Screwtape and one is Wormwood. And Screwtape's writing to, uh, in these letters, these Screwtape letters, to a, a younger relative about how to be the best demon you can. And now it sounds comical, and C.S. Lewis, he writes it in that way to make it less scary. Uh, but what's going on is there's this specific uh, letter that takes place that he writes, and there's this guy. He's an atheist. Uh, he's in this British museum, and he's looking up at this painting, and he starts to think that maybe there is a God. 
when he's looking at this painting. He starts to think, man, if, if something this beautiful could be created, like maybe the world, maybe the universe and everything in it, maybe there's something more to this. Maybe God has something to do with it. And at that moment, Wormwood, who's, who's the demon in this character, uh, he, he whispers to the guy because he hears his stomach growling. He goes, hey, maybe you should think about this after you get a bite to eat. And uh, so he, he, he goes, man, maybe I should get a bite to eat, right? And so we've all had that happen before. And as we live in this world, we know it's material, but we know there's these spiritual things going on. And so in the same way, I think God, he, he gives us this helmet of salvation to protect us against some of those things. Now, we're not immune uh, as believers, but yet in this situation, this guy, he, he ends up walking out the door of this museum and he completely forgets everything that he ever thought about. So, so be aware of that. Maybe we're going throughout our days, whether or not you know Jesus or you don't, and you start to think about the things of God, you start to have a conversation, something happens that distracts you, right? Uh, and this is how Satan works. He distracts or he misleads or he, he, he throws a lie out there, right? What is he all about? What is he trying to do? He's trying to steal and kill and destroy. That's what he's about. And so um, if you go and you read that, I encourage you just to you know, take it with a grain of salt, but understand that C.S. Lewis was trying to help us understand that there's some real things that are going on. And Paul didn't just say, hey, here's this armor of God that, by the way, it came from God. It's his armor, and he wants us to have it to help protect us because what can, I mean, what can demons do? What can spiritual forces, Satan, and everything that he's trying to do against God and us, what can they actually do if we go, hey... Um, I got the armor of God on. Oh, shoot. All right. I guess I'll go to somebody else today, right? And so, so we have to be aware of that. There's some, there's some purpose here in what God is telling us. In verse 13, it says that there's this, uh, we're taught by the Spirit. So it says, and we impart this in word, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And what, what was the problem for the church in Corinth? They just, they were baby Christians. Like they didn't have a lot of like mature Christians who were going, hey, you should stop doing that. Hey, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the word says about this. Here's what we should do. And they just kept making all these bad choices. And Paul was going, look, if you want to be spiritually mature, you need to receive the things that are given to you by God, by other mature believers. And you need to actually hold on to them, right? And then it says we have this interpreting of spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So how are we able to understand them? Well, because we have the Spirit, and that gives us what? Understanding. And that's the third point. So uh, third fill in the blank is God-given understanding. Uh, God-given understanding. And that's starting in verse 14. So there's some people who don't have any understanding, right? I know you're probably thinking of people like, don't look next to you, don't look around. That's you. Uh, no, there's some people who, who are operating in this world, and they may have some like worldly understanding, right? And they may be good at certain things, but when it comes to the things of God, Paul's going to remind us, like, where are we really getting our wisdom from? Where are we getting, like, are we turning on the TV and like turn it to a certain channel or a certain network, and we're going like, that's where I get all my wisdom. And don't get me wrong, uh, there's certainly places or outlets or media that you can get maybe uh, more Christian influence than others, but where does our ultimate source of authority come? Paul's going to hit it on the head here. He says in verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So how are they discerned? Well, spiritually. So, so anybody coming outside of the lens of God, anybody who doesn't know God, anybody who's, who's maybe been walking with God not as long as you, it doesn't mean that they can't share with you. It's just that God gives us this ability to understand spiritual things. And the natural person, this word here, 
for natural is sukikos. Sukikos, you like that word, uh, for natural. Just the common things associated with what makes us similar to animals or the world around us. So there's the natural person who doesn't have anything to do with God, doesn't follow him. And so there's one more helmet I wanted to show you uh, before we keep going and we'll finish up. So this is a helmet. It's not mine. It's one that uh, actually uh, Greg gave me. So he brought uh, he brought the little blasting box or whatever you call that. Uh, but he brought me another uh, helmet, uh, one that he uses. So and when he goes out and he's, um, you know, doing a dangerous job of finding explosives. And if you ever want to hear interesting stories, um, you need to ask him about some of this. So he goes out there, he's got, you know, he's blasting something, he's got the earmuffs on, he's got this cool little indicator uh, that if there's some toxic gas coming out of a space, like a cave or, you know, a a well or something he's working on, it'll start going off. Um, So his has some more bells and whistles, uh, which is cool. Uh, But, you know, we do these kind of jobs in life, right? We do things like like that, which is awesome and cool. We love to think about it. And one of the stories I'm reminded of when you know, I think about this helmet that Greg puts on uh, is, is when he, he went recently somewhere. I don't think I can share all the details, but he went somewhere. <laughs> and uh, there's always places where people are going like, I think we buried some dynamite there, which is always great, right? You're like, I think we buried some dynamite there. And then they call Greg and they're like, hey, would you come find this for us? He's like, sure, I'll come find it. So there's some holes that get drilled and they're like looking in there with a camera and they're going... And normally what happens is, some of the time, uh, there's a lot more bad stuff um, than what they initially anticipated. And so Greg tells them about it. And he goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to take care of it. And then everybody breathes a sigh of relief. Can you imagine maybe thinking there's something bad there, something out there that you're like, I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure it's right there, but I'm not going to take any precautions. Like, we're just going to do, you know, we're going to build this building and, you know, don't worry about it. And then one day, it explodes, right? That would be bad. So you didn't prepare, you didn't seek out wise counsel, you didn't seek out wisdom. And so in the same way as we think about these helmets, there's all these helmets that practically, like when we go into those situations, oh, I should wear that helmet when I'm going there. Oh, I should wear this helmet when I'm going here. But when it comes to the spiritual things, we just go, oh, the natural person, uh, that's, not that big of, that's not that big of a deal. The natural person says, I don't need a helmet for anything. Maybe just the physical things that I do, because those matter. But the spiritual things, they matter even more, right? And they're better than any helmet. Any of these helmets, although these are ones that we use, in Jude 19, verse 19 out of Jude, there's only one chapter, it says, it is these who cause division, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. And so there, there's going to be so many things going on, and I'm, I'm just, I think, frustrated more than anything in this time because, at, like, as COVID started and then we came out of it and things got better, like, people have just sort of stayed, like, angry about everything, right? They've just sort of, like, picked something that they think is right, and they go, you're wrong. And if you say otherwise, then you're stupid, right? <laughs> that's, that's what, like, the, the world as a whole has done lately. And I don't know why. Like, maybe we've just gotten, you know, we had a lot of anxiety and frustration over what's taking place with this worldwide illness. But, but we really need to move away from that, right? Especially as believers, we need to stop like getting on and like saying stuff over media, social media, whatever it is, blasting people. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. Maybe they are. But, but how do we grow in wisdom? How do we grow in knowledge? How do we walk into these situations in the right way? Well, the, all throughout the New Testament, the scriptures talk to us about walking through this life in a peaceable way, in a way that honors the Lord, in a way that doesn't, doesn't go, I'm right and you're wrong, and you're stupid if you believe that, right? So God helps us, and through this helmet of salvation, he's going to give us a right way to think to and a right way to communicate. And Chrysostom, who was this church father we mentioned before, said this uh, about this verse that we just read. 
God gave us a mind in order that we might learn and receive help from him, not in order that the mind should be self-sufficient. So what does our mind do for us? Well, at times we think, I'm the smartest person in the room. And you know what? That's just not true, right? I know I'm not the smartest person in the room right now. And so when, I walk, when you walk into a space, like that can't be our mindset, right? Um, I, I love uh, my, my grandfather who is a nuclear engineer. Um, he built a nuclear reactor at Texas A&M. He was my grandfather, Charles Pulaski, who just passed away in November of this last year. And he was a super smart guy. He would just start talking to you about how they would build these nuclear reactors. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but he would wa- when he would walk into the room, I'm going like, I'm pretty sure he's the smartest guy in the room. But he never acted like that, right? And so in the same way, we should, even with knowledge, even with the spirit that God gives us, even with this salvation that we have, that we know if we died like this very second, we would be with God in heaven. We go, we don't like lord that over people or go, I'm better than you. We go, oh man, isn't it great that God, he, he lavished on us his mercy and his grace and I did not deserve it. And all the wisdom and all the spiritual things that we can discern from God through his spirit should not puff us up, right? It should make us more thankful. It should make us more humble. Isn't that interesting? It's like you're around people who, who have been doing that for a while, and you go, man, they, just, they seem to continue to grow even more humble. I don't know how that's possible, right? Uh, but they become that way because they're receiving the spiritual knowledge, the spiritual discernment that they have through that. And verse 15 says, the spirit of the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. So this word here for the spiritual person, uh, judges, nekrino in the Greek, is to examine. So the spiritual person judges all things. It's kind of like when you go about life, you're going places and you're doing things, I notice there's, there's a world around me that's doing things that kind of seem crazy at times, right? Kind of like, you know, it's like when somebody cut someone else off in traffic and they're screaming and yelling at them and then tailing them or uh, maybe you go to the grocery store and someone like cuts in front of you to get into the line and then you're like oh you oh I cannot believe you did that like <laughs> I'm so angry and they say something to him like eh, next time I'm gonna get cut in front of you what what'd you say oh nothing nothing so we get that way though right we instead of instead of seeing those things and going man like we need to pray for that person, right? We need, I need to pray for me because sometimes that's how I act, right? And so the spiritual person judges all things. So everything else around them, it's not going, we're judging people who don't know Jesus because they're bad, right? And they do naughty things, right? No, we're going, we judge the world around us because we have this spiritual lens that God gives us through this helmet of salvation, through the salvation that he gives us. And as we pray that on it every day, I, I really believe that it gives us a better awareness of how to see the world, how to view the world, how to act in this world, right? Because we only have one mind, okay? So don't blow it, because God gave it to us, and he gave us a spirit to help us discern the spiritual things in our minds. And in verse 16, it says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So this understanding the mind of Christ, it's essential for who we are. And, and Paul is actually quoting Isaiah again. It's Isaiah forty thirteen. Isaiah forty thirteen. It says, who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel? It, he's basically saying, who understands everything about God? Well, we know that none of us understand everything about God, right? We're all doing this together. Uh, we all need help. And, and that's what, what Paul is trying to do through this helmet of salvation that he talks to the Ephesian church about. And in Corinthians, he's reminding the church in Corinth Here's some foundational things you need to remember. So if you're going to think about the armor of God, if you're going to put it on daily, I'd encourage you to do, remember this, verse 16, for who has understood the mind of the Lord as so to instruct him? Well, 
we don't instruct God, right? We don't know everything. But then it says, but we have the mind of Christ. So we don't instruct God, but yet through this salvation, through this continual reminder, and I, I really, again, I believe this is what it's there for. It's what Paul reminds the church in Ephesus when he's talking about this spiritual war that's going on. There's all these other things that are going on behind the scenes that we're not even aware of because we're not actively going, God, help me to see things rightly. Help me to, when there's a struggle going on, when there's another believer who's struggling to go, God, help me to encourage them. We don't think like that a lot of the time because we're not getting up and going, God, I need that spiritual armor. I need the helmet of salvation. I need the breastplate of righteousness. I need the belt of truth. I need the sandals shod with the gospel of peace. I need the sword of the spirit, which is the word. I need the shield of faith, which what does the word tell us? It extinguishes every flaming arrow of the evil one, right? Because it's going to come at us, right? And so Paul's not just throwing out this Roman armor for us. He's like, hey, here's this Roman armor. Use it if you want to. No, he's saying, hey, here's this armor that, by the way, they talked about in the Old Testament that God had, that when he comes back, he's going to be wearing when he judges the world, and he's given it to you because, by the way, by yourself, you don't have any ability to fight against what's going on around you. You need my help every day. He saves us, and he gives us the tools to be able to fight the good fight that's going on around us, like what First Timothy says. And so as we close, I know we've seen a lot of helmets, helmets used for different purposes. Maybe use a different helmet for what you do for a living, or you have put on a helmet in the past. But there's a helmet that's greater, right? There's a helmet that's greater than any motorcycle helmet. By the way, don't get on a motorcycle without a helmet, <laughs> all right, because you, your mind is important. Don't blow it. Uh, there's a helmet that's, that's better than a firefighter's helmet, that even you walk into a building that's on fire, you go to a car accident, you're not sure what you're going to encounter. The helmet we have access to is better than that helmet, right? There's a helmet that's even better than this explosive helmet that Greg puts on when he goes to take care of things that nobody else wants to, right? Nobody else can or has the skills to do so. We have this spiritual helmet, the helmet of salvation that God gives to us. And he says, man, every day you need to be reminded that you need my help. We can't do it on our own, right? So let's ask for that daily. Let's ask for the whole armor of God. But in this first section of text, in this first part of the series today, uh, be reminded of the mind, the helmet of salvation. It's important. We need to think about it every single day, how God gives it to us freely. We receive the wisdom and instruction, and we're able to retain that and not be bombarded by the world and go, oh, I don't know what to do now because I don't know what I believe. We do. And as that reminder, God, help us every day. And when I get up, I pray, I pray that. I pray that for each and every one of you. Um, I hope this will be a reminder as we move forward um, in this series uh, to help us understand. May, but maybe you're not here today. Maybe you've been listening to all this. And you're like, helmet of salvation, like being able to know God personally. You have the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. I don't know what that's about. It's kind of weird. Well, Scripture tells us that maybe you don't understand that right now. I like what we just read today but that God can give that to you. And so it's as easy as this. Maybe you're listening online, maybe you're here today, and you just need to know what that's about. Well, we believe that you can admit you're a sinner. Everybody is. Everybody falls short of God's glory. You can believe that Jesus is God's son, that he sent him to die on the cross for our sins. Scripture tells us if we believe that, and then we confess with our mouth. So we need to say something to God. God, we believe that Jesus came, that he lived that sinless life for us, that he died on the cross. He gave us access to salvation. We took that, we received it. He gave us the spirit that lives inside of us and every day hope that maybe if you haven't made that decision that you would uh, reach out to us if you're online or I'll be here afterwards if you'd like to talk about that, okay? Uh, so let's think about that every day. The helmet of salvation, we need it for the spiritual battle that's going on. Uh, let me pray for us and we'll close. 
Father, we thank you uh, for the word today. Uh, God, I thank you for um, the time of worship, the time just to celebrate uh, our country that we live in, all the wonderful things that you're doing. Uh, God, help us as we uh, celebrate this weekend um, to be safe and to love you, to think about this helmet that you have, that you've given to us. Uh, Remind us that we need your help every day. It's your name we pray. Amen. Love you, church family. Uh, We'll see you next Sunday. Enjoy the fireworks if you can catch any, okay?